0: Welcome to the Future Tech edition of the Finding Genius Podcast. Forget frequently asked questions, forget common sense, common knowledge, or Googling for information. How about advice from a genius in their field instead? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are the geniuses of their profession. Richard has made it his life's mission to interview the geniuses of their fields in areas such as AI, 3D printing, quantum computing, blockchain and Bitcoin and more. Don't miss out on amazing podcasts with geniuses. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and go to futuretech.findinggeniuspodcast.com and subscribe today.
1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius podcast, formerly Future Tech podcast. I have uh, Dr. Eric Zolinsky. Dr. Z, he's a doctor of chiropractic, a public health researcher, who specializes in aromatherapy and biblical health. I'm not sure what that means, but we'll get into it. He's the author of an international best-selling book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, The Essential Oils Diet. Uh, he's uh, also executive producer of the Hope for Breast Cancer documentary and a creator of The Essential Oils for Abundant Living Masterclass. Uh, him and his wife have a website called naturallivingfamily.com. Um, so it's a uh, great resource for listeners. And Dr. Uh, Eric, thanks for coming.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things you do. Um, if you don't mind, maybe first, what what is biblical health? Because to me, that's the... Uh... The strangest thing in your bio, not that the other things are bad, but, you know, it's just unfamiliar to me. So what's that about?
2: Yeah, so, you know, a lot of folks don't recognize there's there's a three-part aspect of Christians don't focus as a whole. And I do believe in true stereo that most Christians don't focus on their health. You know, we're spirit, soul, and body. Most Christians focus spiritual and the soul aspect. And so when it comes to biblical health, it's really just how to be that doesn't compromise and values. And believe it or not um the christian market from a business perspective is one of the most underserved market in the health space, especially in the natural health space where people regularly phraseology the universe instead of the word God. And it's very much um, a new age philosophy when it comes to different therapies that some people are quite frankly concerned about. Like, what about yoga? What does that mean? Is is I mean, just type up Christian yoga and see what kind of drama you get on Google. And so a lot of folks in the Christian church are just unsure on how to approach things like essential oil and other natural therapies not knowing really not knowing if they are against their bi- biblical principles and so this is not going back to the old testament levitical rules of how to eat and how to clean it's it's much more of a moral compass that your boss the temple spirit and let's take care of it under god and your calling
1: yeah I, I would just think oh you know alcohol is bad for you and drugs and things like that but It sounds like it goes way beyond that. What are some of the specific behaviors that people do and what they eat that, again, isn't aligned with cushion values?
2: Yeah, you know, the core. Here's the core when it comes to my philosophy of biblical health is that, you know, Jesus talks about in the book of John that the thief comes to steal, destroy, I came that you can have life a full. Like, what is that abundant life? And so when you look at life as a whole, I see life being separated into seven categories. And we talk about this latest book, The Essential Oils Diet. You have a spiritual component to your life, physical, a mental, emotional, there's a financial aspect, and two other aspects that people don't really talk about a lot in regards to your overall health or your, your work, your occupation. And also your social life. And so, what I try to do is, I try to help people balance all of these areas again in a way that doesn't compromise any sort of biblical mandate. And, you know, there are things that people are concerned about. I mean, there are some really kind of woo woo things out there that Christians are uncertain of, like energy and crystals and rocks, and some people, you know, shamanism. And what do you do about CBD? I mean, you know, you know, the Christian market is very concerned about marijuana as a whole because you're not supposed to get high. You're not supposed to get drunk, right? So anyway, just helping people recognize that, you know, CBD oil if it doesn't have C has no psychoactive, psychotrophic effect to it. So, you know, it's safe. And it's effective and it can help you with pain. And so the bottom line, again, is this overarching concept of balance. And yes, you can have a, a wonderful prayer life and a wonderful marriage. But you know what? If, you're, if your health is something, you're never really going to truly be able to spirit. So a lot of the things that we teach are very much in tune with just natural living um, principles, like how to eat exercise nothing that is like wow aha but you know what it is putting it all together seems to give people the aha moment where we try not to compartmentalize things in a way where you know what i don't need to think about my of life it doesn't affect my health my no you're as strong as your weakest link and that's why we really
1: have to well, that's really instructive you know I, I never really thought much about this i thought you know i know that muslims don't eat pork you know orthodox jews don't uh, um you know historically there's health reasons for it i'm sure amongst others but I never thought about modern issues, like you said, uh, you know, energy healing, CBD, things like that. It seems like I don't know why, but just I guess anecdotally, the Mormon Church seems to say the most about it, and the other religions are pretty quiet about it. But then again, I'm not of those religions in those houses, so I don't know. But do you? Is it discussed much, or do you really have to be? one of the lone voices that even talks about this.
2: Well, you know, I'm not. I mean, there are several people, Jordan Rubin, Dr. Josh Axe. There are several colleagues of mine that are Christian that talk about Bible health concept as a whole. But you, know, you mentioned something about the LDS, the Latter-day. You know, it's interesting. People don't recognize they are, yes, for sure, the most spoken addiction as a, as a group. They, they do not consume product includes caffeine you're not gonna find a church supporting a coffee or a soda pop that but when it comes to the Southern Baptist organ, and even the Roman Catholic organism, you look at the dogma, the actual doctrine, these worldwide multi million people, organizations, and you'll see that they recommend against body work, for example, massage therapy, aromatherapy, and chiropractic care, because there's a concern, there's an inherent fear about like a transfer of spirits. People may even know about this. Your priest isn't talking about it in the pulpit. Your pastor isn't preaching about it, but you look at the dogma, you look at what your church stands for. And you might be surprised. So there's a lot of suspicion, again, in faith as a whole. And you mentioned, you mentioned the, the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith. The very same thing, too. Judeo-Christian and Muslims all combined together are very hesitant with this New Age movement. Of health and wellness. Again, what do you do about yoga, Pilates, all these other things? Like, I don't know. Is this safe? Is it not safe? Should I do it? But here's the thing, though, and this is the double standard. I don't see a lot of folks, Mormons or Jews or Christians or um, Muslim, concerned about um, opioid, concerned about chemotherapy, concerned about highly addictive, potentially damage causing pharmaceutical drugs. And so I'm trying to put things into perspective with like, okay, why are you so concerned about a plant, a weed? Why are you so con- concerned about an essential oil where you're going to take a pharmaceutical? And so it's really, again, people have this aha moment once they start reading our books and learning what we're trying to teach them is God wants you to be healthy. I mean, there's no way in the world you could fulfill your call, your mission. If you believe you are on this earth to do something good and to make a difference you can't if you're sick you can't if you're laid up in bed you can't if you can't think properly like we have to battle against depression and brain fog and cognitive disorders like Alzheimer's and dementia is pretty much going to happen to everyone now because of the rate of the rise unless you do something about it you will get cancer unless you do something about it like these are the statistics that we're that we're facing so the bottom line is that if someone truly and this is something I try to do If someone truly considers themselves a person of faith, I challenge them to think about, okay, what does that mean when you pick up your fork? You know, are are you consuming something that could be hurting you? And what does that look like? And so, again, I just, it's funny, I just got off of a a radio interview talking about um, sugar. I mean, one of the most highly addictive substances on the planet yet most people don't think twice about it. And you challenge anyone to cut sugar for a week, you'll have detox symptoms like a crackhead. And it is because sugar is eight times more than cocaine. It's been proven. So what do you do? How do you manage that, right? So again, it puts this whole thing in the perspective. Like we're talking about sugar in the Bible. No, but you know what? It's from a biblical perspective. You should be a slave to no drug, right? Then what does sugar look like? So sugar becomes an oil. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm.
1: Um, do, do churches have, uh, I know that, know a friend of mine he's in las vegas and it's pretty cool i guess his church has um you know sessions on how to have a better marriage and they have stuff for kids etc do you find a lot of churches do any health sessions or is it pretty much uh, ignored
2: great question very few do and you know i give pastor rick warren from saddleback church a lot of credit because he he pretty much confessed to his church, I mean, multi-thousands and thousands, that he was, old. he let his, he let his, and he challenged his church to go on what he, the Daniel plan, going off from the Daniel, how Daniel fasted three weeks from quote unquote sweetbreads. He just basically was a vegetarian. And Rick Warren put together with Mark Hyman, Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Daniel Amen, this program. And forgive me the number off the top of my head, collectively the church lost like 250,000 pounds collective. And it created a movement several years ago. That was a little pocket. But it kind of fizzled, unfortunately. You have the 700 Club, the largest Christian media organ on the planet. They regularly share how they have a health newsletter they send out. And they reg- I mean, we've been on this stuff. So, yeah, you have little pockets, TBN, again, and churches, some. But as a whole, Bible health is not core curriculum. And, again, yeah, my philosophy – what's that?
1: It's interesting because it's a whole world I just thought nothing about. So I'm glad to be talking to you, about
2: it. Yeah, and so, you know, essentially what I do – is I'm trying to create an awareness of something that we know is so vital and critical, but it's fundamental. And, you know, the thing that people don't realize, especially um, from the Jewish and Muslim and Christian faith, is that we have to to worry about things that our ancestors, our sacred scripture ancestors, never had to think twice about. You know, Jesus didn't have to worry about GMOs or polluted air or polluted water. I mean, we have to take considerations that, again, even – three four generations ago it wasn't even an option and so the more educated we are and the more we help support each other the better we are going to be and that's really why we call our website natural living family we're creating a multi-million database of people that come together and support each other, love each other, and through private chat groups, and through the classes and, and things that we host, and live events and seminars, just to let people know you're not alone, and we can do this. Well,
1: let's let's talk about some of the other interesting things that you do. You do a lot with essential oils, and you said aromatherapy. Again, I've barely heard anything about it. I know I've been given some eucalyptus oils sometimes, and in, you know peppermint oil, and it feels nice, and opens your sinuses, but I'm sure there's a whole world of therapy in there. So What are some of the important things you learned that are possible with it?
2: You know, when it comes to aromatherapy, one thing that I want people to recognize is that the chemical structures that people, the chemists, that that pharmaceutical industry have come up with for their drugs, best example is aspirin and willow bark. It's not like a chemist, excuse me, it's not like a chemist woke up from a dream with a revelation of, hey, let's combine these carbon and nitrogen atoms in such a way for a painkiller. No, they took the methyl salicylate structure directly from willow, and you could get that from the essential oil, and then they manufacture it in a synthetic version. They put a shiny white pill on it, and boom, there we go. You see the same thing with chemotherapy drugs. You see them based off of the chemical compounds that we see in plants. Those chemical compounds are the essential oil. Essential oils are plant-based, concentrated. It's not hocus-pocus. So I always feel like I have to be an apologetic or an apologist of aromatherapy at first because people are like, well, what's a, what's a little drop going to do for me? Well, back in World War I and World War Two, combat medicine, the medics used to use tea tree, oregano, lavender, essential oils to help prevent gangrene and infection on the front lines. This was before the advent of the antibiotic. I mean, essential oils are medicine. And So what we have today is we have this urgence, primarily because of the popularity of network marketing. And I got to give the networking credit on the company's credit because they have created a grassroots movement. Now there are tens of millions of people that use essential oils on a regular basis because of doTERRA and Young Living and other companies. And so kudos to them. I mean, big deal. Kudos to them for creating awareness. And so what, what we try to do is though is balance that because a lot of these people that sell these essential oils, they're not trained in a room and they don't understand proper dosage and essential oils. If you're using them for therapeutic purposes need to be treated like a drug. You need to know what to do, what not to do. And so folks are going to Pinterest and Facebook for their medical advice, putting 15, 20 drops of whatever oil in a gel capsule trying to like – cure an intestinal bout of like bacterial overgrowth or something. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. There's actually science that validates this. And that was really the basis for my first book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils. And since then, it's been published in 10 different languages, 100,000 copies. And it's all about the evidence-based usage. So the sky's the limit, but there is a preponderance, a preponderance of evidence showing the therapeutic efficacy of everything from using essential oils to help improve Mood, decrease depression, anxiety, decrease pain, help boost libido, help your work-life balance, and just a number of things like improving sleep, boosting energy, you name it. There's a lot of things you could do. And when it comes to root cause resolution for a number of diseases, everyone now in our little house is talking about inflammation. Well, there are several essential oils that are inherently anti inflammatory, and that could help with root cause resolution. I'm not saying, though, that using eucalyptus is going to help, you know, take away your lupus, but, you know, Autoimmune conditions we know are triggered by infection. and We have found and will see continually that people who regularly use essential oil, specifically and therapeutically, can reduce and, and take and ease that inflammatory burden. And we find that people with symptoms related to autoimmunity they just go away. And so anyway, okay. yeah, it's powerful. But you and know, again, the sky's the limit.
1: You know what's weird is you know you're talking about World War One. So I, I started thinking of chlorine gas. So I, I realized you know I have these biases too. Like I would never say, and no one would say, oh, and Inhaling chlorine gas is good for you. Obviously, it's horrible. But then again, I would say, oh, just inhale a little bit of this eucalyptus oil. It's not going to help me. It's total quackery. But it makes no sense to think those two things. You know, the the contrast of the two. Or <clears throat> if I go into a freshly painted room or a new car, I know I'm inhaling all kinds of garbage that is going to make me sick. So I accept that. But then why don't why does it seem to me like quackery <laughs> that eucalyptus oil or a lavender or whatever would be able to medically help me it's just kind of funny i realized i have that bias i'm sure a lot of people do
2: you know you can't see it you can't feel it you can't touch it and for all intents and purposes you can't taste it and smell it and so people don't recognize the power of the olfactory system i mean we're talking an immediate effect in your brain and the olfactory system directly connects to the limbic system of your brain that's your primal brain your emotions your mood your memory That's why when someone walks down, let's say, I'm I'm thinking myself walking downstairs while my wife's cooking Thanksgiving dinner and I smell a wonderful turkey. It literally brings me back to being a young child at grandma's house with fond memories. But also, it could trigger something negative. What if someone had a negative, traumatic experience? Let's say abuse or trauma or an injury. A strong aroma in the so that can also trigger PTSD. People don't even recognize, especially folks who have been traumatized. There's a lot of work that aromatherapists and um, emotional recall therapists are doing, helping people retrace suppressed memories and abuse and trauma. And and smell just triggers it. Like even today, I, I if I if I walk across or run. By a woman who has a, uh, a certain perfume, it may think of my first girlfriend. And the only time I think first girlfriend, no offense, Becky, is when I'm either doing an interview, teaching <laughs> a class, or I smell this perfume. But I'm 18 years old. It brings me right back to 22 years ago when I'm 18 years old, you know, head over heels over this girl with this, she always wore this perfume, but if I smell this perfume today, 22 years later, boom, the olfactory system is so powerful. It's why cocaine addicts snort cocaine. It's the quickest way of getting a high quicker than injecting heroin. So, if you want to impact your brain chemistry, you smell some. On the flip end, synthetic chemicals are extremely harmful. I mean, the World Health Organization has gone on record to substantiate that synthetic fragrances, the stuff that are in your wallflowers and plugins and your aerosols and your candles, linked to Alzheimer's, dementia, allergy, cancer, and so many other diseases. Our body has not been, and this is where biblical health comes into play. And thanks for talking about Bible health because it sets context to this. Okay. Our bodies have not been designed by God. If you believe in creation and design, our bodies have not been designed by God to interact with synthetic chemicals. Our bodies have been designed by God to interact with plant-based chemicals because we're all from the same carbon structure. And the thing about essential oils is if you ingest them or if you apply them topically or inhale them, the research has shown that your body completely metabolizes them within two hours. Complete Metabolic breakdown. You will never see that within drugs. Your body can never truly, fully metabolize drugs. That's why there's biochemical buildup. People who are taking drugs on a regular basis. So again, this is real simple when you think in that, in terms of how our bodies were designed and how we should interact with nature. And it's just, it's wild, and the possibilities are. Yeah, it
1: makes sense. Uh, What are a few aromatherapy, you know, things you can do? Uh, You know, obviously, it's better to read your book, but someone that is interested in this curious about it what are a few like really powerful interventions and what causes them in aromatherapy a couple examples
2: yeah you know my recommendation first for people to start off they're like well i don't know what you know my my here's everyone can do that first of all i hope i've made the case and if not i need to stress that you need we need we all need to throw away all synthetic fragrance everyone one by one by one they're killing you I promise you, they're hurting. You. And maybe that's why you're a little agitated. Maybe that's why you've been insomnia. Maybe it's why your gut doesn't feel good after you eat certain foods. I'm telling you, the perfumes, the body care, the lotions and the potions, one by one by one. So the first thing I encourage people to do is completely throw away your aerosols. Any kind of Glade plug-in, bath and body Works stuff, trash. Throw it away. Buy an ultrasonic water diffuser on Amazon costs 15, 20 bucks. Some really good liquors, super cheap. They're not expensive. And what you do is you get some essential oils. And I'll give you some recommendation on what and how and when, but you get use essential oils and you put a few drops in, and then you can create an atmosphere in your home. So let's say mood is something that you want to improve. Your natural melancholy, depression, a lot of do. Well, every citrus, oil, which includes lemon. Bergamot, Neroli, grapefruit, orange, they all have antidepressive qualities proven by Reese to boost mood, like natural serotonin and dopamine. So, if you want to boost mood naturally, then you could put a couple drops of citrus oil in and just enjoy the aroma, just go along your day. It's something that my wife and I like to do with our children. We create a body oil and just five to six drops of like an orange oil in a tablespoon or an ounce of coconut oil you got yourself a body oil it's wonderful super easy to do cost-effective and we send our kids out and we know that they are on as joyful and we call it joyful they're on a joyful track and our, t- our teachers our kids teachers and and their friends make comments about how good they smell and how you know they seem to be happy and by design because we've given them the tools that they need let's say you need help sleeping a lot of people at night really struggle with with set, settling the wayward thoughts the mind's racing again may some anxiety or stress or financial problem or marriage problem we'll put a couple drops of lavender maybe some vetiver or roman chamomile right now your bed on your nightstand and see what that does literally helping you calm down it, it's it's, it's, like a, it's like a switch being flipped on or flipped off. And you'll find that your body will get immediately in the parasympathetic rest and digest mode. And that's wonderful because I'm not recommending lavender for the first thing in the morning because I don't want you to be relaxed and parasympathetic. I'd rather you be more up and energetic and ready to take on the day, right? So again, it all depends on what you want to do. Peppermint and eucalyptus and caraway and cardamom those are oils that help naturally boost energy, increase your breathing ability, increases your VO2 max, and helps you form better. The oils like myrrh and frankincense, would help you focus, actually shown to help children with ADHD and learning to form better. Again, there's a million different things to do, but oftentimes... Well, quick, this, quick,
1: yeah. yeah, quick question here. When you, when you say help, I know that we don't have exact numbers, but <clears throat> could you say that these things help a little, in some cases a lot, tremendously, like on average, called it a percentage, you know, what percentage improvement do you see in either mood or whatever it is? You know, I know it depends on what the substance is and the application, but overall, what do you see?
2: Well, that's a wonderful question, and I'll refer back to a, a University of Vanderbilt from Tennessee study that they did on nurses and what they what they evaluated was simply putting aromatherapy diffuser in nurse station or built hospital again, nurses if you don't know this, one of the most stressful jobs i mean it's proven stressful jobs. That someone can have, and oftentimes, um, very unrewarding because of the patients that are sick, and they treat them improperly. There's a lot of lack of gratitude in the profession, which is very sad. So, nurses traditionally distress low balance of work life balance and a lot of them deal with depression and so by putting citrus oils in diffuse at nursing they found off the top of my head to give you a number like 70% of the nurses reported stress 23% over 30 days I mean that's like a 50% dry, right so that's realistic and the women um, many of them were women in mass study 15 20% were enjoying work life balance skyrockets because they enjoyed the job better it wasn't a burden they didn't leave work drained emotionally, and that's the not being drained emotionally. So it helped there are so many other things, better outlook, better impression, better ability to relate and deal with patients who are suffering. And I got to say, my heart goes out to every nurse. I mean, it's a very thankless position for many of them. And unless you're in the maternity ward, which is traditionally the happiest of all the different the levels of the hospital, it's a tough job. So again, real proven research that was done. And we see this being done over and over and over again. So, to answer your question, significant. Um, some people, and I get this regularly, is our work, our books, they follow recommendations. And we get regularly people saying, I'm off my depression, man. Like, I'm completely off my anxiety, man. So, we could say that was 100%. Other people, we find that they start losing weight because now they don't have this metabolic burden on their body. They're not chronically stressed. They're not. Um, emotionally driven to eat and so they're losing weight diabetes is going like type 2 diabetes again I keep on saying it but the sky's the limit I don't walk in record but once you give your body where your body needs to essentially heal itself, it does wonderful things. And that's really what I want to leave people with, not to use essential oils like some, a drug, but, but to replace the chemicals in your body with essential oils. So the cleaning products and your body care and all the things that are in your air. So we're not putting that metabolic burden. And that's the key is we, we're now finding more and more how the environmental toxicity is affecting us at the cellular level.
1: Yeah, what does that tell you that people have more faith in the works of other people than they do of nature?
2: I believe there's an awakening. I believe that going back again to World War I, World War II in the mid-40s, the antibiotic came up as the solution, the cure-all, and it changed a paradigm. Around that same time, Dial soap, it was an antibacterial soap that had a chemical which is a precursor to what we know now as triclosane, which has been a registered pesticide that's in all these antibiotic properties or um, antibacterial soaps and products. You see, this, you see this super hypersensitive, clean environment and you see this, hey, we have a drug for the mentality. And we've been living this way solid for 70, years. And we now have noticed that it's not helping. And people all across the globe are recognizing that this approach to healthcare isn't working. More and more people are going to nature. More and more people are going to a balanced way of life. And I got to say, thank God for medicine. I want to put that out there. Because when I got into an argument with my car door, Eight stitches later, you know, lavender wasn't going to heal up that wound. I mean, I I think we need to put medicine in place. And, you know, in my book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, I quoted a doctor, a medscape that said 75% of the patients that come into his office have no business coming to his office because they're for simple fevers and sprains and aches and pains. And he says a majority of them are demanding and wanting. And it dawned on me, we became woefully ill-prepared to take as a people. We forgot how to cook, how to clean, how to garden, how to do basic first aid, stuff that our great, great grandparents and grandmothers and fathers took for granted because they needed to or they would have died. And so it's kind of bringing that power back, that shift, instead of putting all the responsibility on the government all the responsibility on, you know, the schools and all the responsibilities on your doctors. It's a shared response. And so that's where I believe why so many people have been just just rallying behind this movement. And it really is a movement. It's a revolution that people all around the globe are using essential oils and supplements, changing their diets and exercise, practicing mind body practices like meditation and other things, prayer in a new way, because they realize it has a direct impact on their entire life.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So what's the best way for people to start experiencing your work? Too? Which which book should they look at and how should they get started?
2: Yeah, please pick up. Um, Amazon has it on sale. On, I forget how, like $12 or fifteen dollars Healing Power of Essential Oils. Um, pick that up. It's a great beginner book. It's a great primer. And you can always check out my wife and I, our website at naturallivingfamily.com. We have hundreds and hundreds of free articles and resources for you just to help you live in abundance and encourage you along the way
1: dr z thanks for coming this is really great i appreciate
2: it thank you for having me
0: you've been listening to the future tech edition of the finding genius podcast this podcast is information only no advice of any kind is being given any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility Consult professionals when advice is needed. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe today by going to